Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 241. That's 241. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. And on the other end of the microphone, it is Mr. Liam Keane. Keane, how's it going, Bebs? It's pretty good, mate. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Even though you're late to this podcast, you're wow. late starting your day's work, even though you're working from home, so somehow you've got to your, your desk uh, uh, 14 minutes late from starting. Yeah, that was seven minutes late, so it's not it's not that bad. I mean, I was stepping out of the shower at five to twelve. So right. don't really want to know about your shower scene situation. Uh, oh, that's a shame. I was planning to give you some in-depth knowledge, actually, in-depth mm-hmm. insight into my uh, my shower. There's like, no but... depth, no depth going on there, mate. To oh, be honest, let's be honest. Ask the missus. Um... Hey, it's early. It's early. We're not even a minute in, and you're going sordid. How was We're your? Filth, aren't we? How was your week? How was your week? London week. Bloody hell, mate. It was busy, wasn't it? Oh, um, it was busy. It was shitty, but it was busy, wasn't it? Yeah. Results, a... results aside, it's... Um, I mean, I know you were you were staying down there, so it's... Uh, so, you know, you were living the high life, but for us uh, paupers, we were <laughs> we were travelling to and from. Seven days, from. mate, I was down there. Started on Monday night at the Ritz, as you do normally. Of course you do. Um, which is very nice. Um package that I think I mentioned in the last podcast that was bought for us a couple of years ago and just have to keep putting it off because of the um, COVID etc. So I went there, look it's lovely, it's very lavish and, and very nice and people at home will be like, oh that's Judah all over but it's a bit too fancy for me and the, the dinner was lovely and, it, and you know you, you have to wear a suit and a jacket and a tie which is fine but to be honest like not really me, I'd rather go for well, saying that, you know, and, and I'm sure you know Keno as um, as, as, a, as, a, as a big foodie person, that actually there's a level above where you have to wear a suit and a jacket and a tie now, where you actually just turn up in anything you want and have great food. Um, as people will know who have been to the Fat Duck in Brie, little Heston Blumenthal, you heard of him, Keno? I've heard of him, but I haven't yeah. heard of the, uh, the fat, oh, pub, mate, you got to go. restaurant. Got to go, it is. It, 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 it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant, mate. I wasn't sure if it was like you know pub grub kind of thing because I think uh, he does. He does have one around the corner actually. That's more pub grubby. Exactly. That's what I thought. This is this is more eleven, twelve course, um, different concoctions, crazy, crazy things going on there. Um, or like French Laundry, which you know again isn't a pub or a laundrette. It's a it's a restaurant kino uh, that's in Napa Valley. They're they're very much the same way. You just turn up in what you want, jeans, t-shirt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you wear. You know, you're there, you're paying for the privilege to be at the table, to have the best cooking in the world, so it doesn't matter what you're wearing. I prefer that kind of casual-esque dining with top-quality food rather than the whole stuffy, tie jacket, old-school... I guess it's very British, but... Um, I think I'd have to agree. Yeah, you've got to, you, know you, got to, you want to feel comfortable. I went for some fried chicken on Thursday, mate, so that was okay, wasn't oh. it? In fact, have you ever done this before? So I was really hungry. No, Friday it was, Friday it was. I was really hungry. And um, I got an Uber boat from um, from from Shea Judah in London across to Covent Garden. And nice. I'm like, and I'm like, there's two restaurants right next to each other on Embankment. There's a there's, there's a really nice ramen restaurant, and then there's a fried chicken one right next door to it. And I'm like, oh, I'm really hungry. So I went into the ramen one, had a bowl of ramen, and went next door and had some fried chicken. <laughs> went two for two, mate. It was old school Judah. I was about to say, is this Judah from about 20 years ago? <laughs> it really was. It was delicious on both. I had no regrets. Actually, I did have some regrets. I was very, very full, but delicious all the same. Uh, what else? Um, I went to the Moulin Rouge, mate, on my own. Went to go and watch a West End show on Saturday night. That was a bit sad, wasn't it? Going well, <laughs> what a sad state of affairs that picture was you put online. Oh, <laughs> Didn't like it, mate. Do you not like it? 
I mean, look, I'm quite an independent person. I'm not sure I'm going to the theatre on my own. You're not going to a musical on your own, mate? Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to a musical anyway, because... Because I can, can, well, can. That's, um, that's a yeah, Rouge that's Round reference funny. now. Um, yeah, no, I've, uh, I'd rather go watch, you know, like fighting or something, you know, something a bit more manly. <laughs> watch fighting? Oh, my God. Something like scrapping. Um... I will be in London for that. Actually, funny enough, in about two weeks, well, just over two weeks' time. What's UFC, that? UFC London. Oh, you, you, know, you, oh, you don't have to miss a game. You're going to miss a game, won't you? No, you don't have yeah. to. Everton, it's the day before Everton, is it? No, it's the uh, the Leeds game has been moved ah, to Friday night, yes. the eighteenth now, and then that is on the nineteenth. So I've got a late night, getting all my work done, and then early morning, nineteenth, straight down there. Get down to London, go to my mates who lives down there, getting on the the, uh, the beer straight away. It's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a heavy one. There's I can't um, wait. There's a, there's a couple of you say you get on 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 the beer straight away. Quite funny. I'll give you a little um, uh, funny anecdote here. Um, story back in back in about four or five years ago. This is this is when uh, Mr. Tim Spears, who people may know 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 of his name, um, the 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 legend that he is, was um was on a on a meeting with um with with our editor um in London. They had to they go go for a meeting or whatever. And um, before, afterwards, I can't remember. They had about two hours to kill before they got to get the train from King's Cross back up to Wolverhampton. It's like let's go for a pub. Let's go for a beer. Let's let's go for, let's go for let's go for a couple of beers before we've got a bit of time. Get it on the company expenses. Yada yada. So they don't really know London too well. Both of them, bless them, they don't go down that much. So they're looking and they do the search and then they're walking and they go, oh, there's look, there's a there's a De Beers place here. In um, in Kensington, De Beers. I mean, that that'd be a lovely bar. Now, for people who don't know, and I'm not sure whether you do know, Keen, De Beers is one of the most exclusive jewelers in the whole of the world. Yeah. So the following there, they've gone to De Beers. They've got to the sign. They walk in, and it's all these diamond rings and stuff like that. I mean, hilarious, hilarious. So, so always, we always have this running joke of, do you want to get De Beers in? Um, will cost you a lot more than uh, than one pound ninety. Oh, I don't know how much a pint of beer is these days. Is it is it is it more than two quid? I can't remember the last time I bought a Come pint on. of beer. What if is it? In London, if you're in two London, two quid, about four times that. No. Oh, in London prices, yeah. But I mean, if you're going to your local, how much is a pint of beer? Well, to be fair, I mean Warwick Leamington's not cheap, mate. I'm, I'm bowling around. I'm bowling around here. I'm paying five quid a pint, easy. Five quid a pint, easy. Are you joking? N- normally more than that, but easy, yeah. No, easy. Like in a normal quid. pub. Yeah, easy. Five pounds. Is that what it is these days? I'm, easy, I'm mate. absolutely gobsmacked. Seriously. I, I can't tell if you're joking. I mean, Delhi's. No, serious. no, mate. I, I swear, <laughs> down, I'm absolutely stunned. In Wolverhampton, mate, you go, you go for a pint, and you, you know there'll be some places that'll be cheaper, of course, but you'll you'll spend. Four quid. It depends. Depends on the type of beer it is. You you can easily spend a five on a pint if you get in, in the a hogs. Craft ale so or like a four quid for a pint. For what? Sorry. For in the hogs. Hogs head. Oh, hogs head. I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I think actually hogs four might be more expensive quid. than some other places. You can probably pay a fiver in hogs. What? I've not been there for a, for a while. Uh, what happened to like a pound of pint nights and stuff? Are they, are they, are they, are they, no chance, anymore? Mate. No chance. Really? The, the best I the best I used to get. Was there was a student when I was at uni in Liverpool? There was Don't, a, be uh, careful. We, the best used to get there was a student in Liverpool. Yeah, We're going a, down a really ropey road here. Yeah, she's, she was a nice girl. Mate. Right. <laughs> um, no, there, uh, there was a student like uh, offer at this bar that I used to go to all the time in Liverpool when I was at <laughs> university, and it was two pound a pint. Okay. Um, but it was for like you know the dregs. It was Carling and Carl. Oh, Carling makes my I mean, like, it gets a, honestly it makes me shiver when I go through that concourse at Molyneux. And everybody's got, and, 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 and Carling's still there, and the bottle, those plastic bottles, I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, Well, you know, 
if I need to save money, mate, and it's particularly when I was a uni student when I needed mm. to save money, I would happily, happily pay that. Um, I and I think I went to ever, mate, honestly, but <laughs> I went to uh, Newcastle in the summer mm. uh, with a load of mates. The first time being there, went up there for a couple of nights out uh, when everything first opened again, mm. and we went into this proper rough pub. And it was the cheapest pint we could find. We went there for a couple, just as a bit of a laugh, and it was yeah, a bit of a loosener. I think two pound fifty for a Foster's, which is the, the best we could find. <sighs> Which was pretty good. We were quite happy with that, and then we went out and spent a lot on gins and vodkas after that. Um, oh, talking of uh, talking of Newcastle, we're mm. gonna have a little shindig, hopefully. Yeah, people have to let us know where they're going on the Friday night. Uh, I am a bit disappointed that it's not the Saturday, so you can have a proper proper sesh. But um, we'll be staying over on on Friday night, I think, and um, having a couple, hopefully celebrating a win. I mean, Big Market is kind of where everybody hangs out and it's a bit crazy, a bit weird. I don't think we'll be going there. I won't be taking you there, Kino, because um, you know, I've got to look after you because I've some <laughs> kind of responsibility from a uh, couple of years older than you from a senior seniority point of view. So couples being kind. Um, I'll take um, I'll take you to a couple of nice wine bars that I know, mate. Um, food wise, we're going to have to eat beforehand, obviously. Um, but we can still do a bit of damage from from. Let's have a look. Game finishes at eight, so it kicks off at eight. Is it? Is it eight or seven? Foot? Must be eight. Uh, I think it's eight. Eight. So, so nine fifty. That's two hours afterwards if we get a flyer. So I mean, well, to be honest, mate, we're not going out much before midnight, so we're going to have to play catch up until two. There's a we, couple of nice bars I know, mate. You'll be we, fine. We can do. It. I, you know, I've never had a. I've only had one or two like points with Spears in a like a collective at ENS when he was there, mm. but I've never been out and I've heard he's a big drinker. Oh, he's Let's a big drinker. It. There was. Let's a, do it. I'm there ready was for one it. Newcastle trip a few years ago, actually, where I must admit. Um, it was the first time and I had to meet an old friend of mine who was actually working for Newcastle Media at the time. And uh, we met before the game and a glass of white wine turned into two bottles of white wine. I was buzzing sat in the press box, mate. I mean, I was swaying. <laughs> it was not a good situation. Oh, you I can't remember the game. It was not a good situation. I think it was 1-1. One, one, one. I think it was 1-1. I think one, maybe Say scored, but... I can't remember, mate. Oh, it's, it's so expensive though these days. It really is. I mean, oh, I'm looking forward to it. Should be honest. The, um, the theatre ticket for Moulin Rouge. I mean, two hundred and twenty-five pounds for a ticket. Two two five. Two hundred and twenty-five pounds oh, for a ticket. Come off it, man. I mean, okay, it was Royal Circle, but it, I mean, it was worth it, mate. It mate, was you a could great buy show. about three points for that in London. I know, I know. Tell me about <laughs> it. Tell me about it. Right, let's move on. I mean, ten minutes into into, into this podcast already. I apologise. I apologise. Most people have already fast forward. Let me uh, let me very quickly add. Uh, Go on. Y- yes, looking forward to Newcastle. Anyone mm. out? Anyone wants to buy me a drink? I'll happily accept. Oh, um, stop <laughs> going on the bag. Honestly, no, no, no. but. Uh, just in case Spears uh, hears me describing him as a as a big drinker, uh, I, I, that is not a, a libelous, a slanderous statement on, <laughs> for Spears. But it's a little bit of payback considering he, he he decided to go after my jeans the other uh, the other day at, uh, at West Ham, saying I, I painted them on. So oh, there you a, go. A little Skinny bit of jeans were back with they excellent um, news. I didn't they, even they, notice that. They weren't that. even that. Honestly, they weren't my proper. They weren't my bad ones. They were my you know. I haven't worn those ones. Since for about a year now. Since I absolutely slaughtered you at, at Walsall. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, no, it'd be good, mate. It'd be good. Looking forward to it. It should, it should be good. It should be good. Um, right. Yeah. Pff, not great two games, I'll be honest. From a, from a, from a, a reporting point of view. Disappointing. I mean, two games really where, I'll be honest, Wolves, Wolves were kind of outplayed on both. I don't think I have any arguments about the result. The manner of the result, Absolutely. But the actual result itself, if you look at the games as a whole, kind of frustrating. And we, we talked about it being a big week. 
and it was in a, in a, in a, in a a lot of different ways. I guess when you look at the table and you look at the likes of Arsenal kind of breaking away and, and these European six-pointers, it's a good thing they beat Leicester. That's all I'm saying, Liam, because with the games we've got coming up and we're discussing them in a little bit, um, they can they, they can recover from this, but especially Sunday. Sunday for me was... For Saturday, Thursday night was frustrating, right? Because when you get to the 80th minute and you're still winning a game of football and you end up losing it, that's that's a bit of a killer. Um, what was the first goal went in? It was around 80, was it? I can't remember exactly uh, when it was. I think, yeah. 81. So when you're 1-0 up with the 80th minute, and yeah, okay, it was one-way traffic for a lot of the game, you just can't lose that game. Get get a draw out of it. So that, that, was, a, that was criminal, really. But then the way that they played on Sunday was so disappointing uh, for me. That, that was a real body blow and more frustrating, really, than, than Thursday night. Yeah, I think so. Um they were both equally as frustrating and you're right that the win against Leicester in hindsight is even bigger than it was at the time um, and go back to that game very briefly they Wolves were arguably second best against Leicester you know there was certainly more of an argument to say they deserve something compared to these last two games um, but yeah that, that win looks even bigger now in hindsight and you, you come off the back of a little bit of a sickener against Arsenal albeit you know they were under a lot of pressure didn't have any control over the game really and um, and you know, Arsenal deserved the three points. To be honest, despite how late it came, uh, you go into into Sunday. You probably want a little bit of a a reaction. Mm. They the performances again bringing in the Leicester, despite the result, Leicester performance performances weren't haven't quite been there the last couple of games. And and you want them to have a bit of a reaction. And then you see the the start of eleven, and it's a bit of a a shock to say the least. Um, in hindsight, you can look at. You know, so there's some some potential reasons you can highlight as to why Bruno has gone with that starting eleven to get on the ball and have more control of the ball. I.e., you know, Trincao's better with the ball at his feet, etc., etc. Um, and and he did have more control. You know, they had 61% possession. I think it was over the 90 minutes. The first 10, 15 minutes, they had over 70. So you know, they were controlling the ball, but they certainly weren't controlling the narrative of the, of the game. Um, West Ham didn't have to get out of first gear really. Mm. They got they got a very scrappy goal. In the maybe 15, 20 minutes after that goal, they they could have added two or three. Had West Ham gone up a gear, they probably would have added two or three. There was plenty of oh, defensive yeah, errors from Wolves. It was it was all over the place, to be honest. Um, and then Wolves wrestled back a bit of control again, and, and they brought on you know all the the attacking talents off the bench and, and and could really have have scored. But in reality, they got one shot on target in the eighty seventh minute, and that was a Ruben Neves twenty five yard that was straight at Fabianski. Otherwise, Fabianski was a passenger. Didn't have to do much, and uh, just came to claim a few crosses that were hopeful. To be honest, and, and that was the the key word I think was was hopeful. Wolves gone uh, went from not really going for the game and just trying to wrestle control of the ball to a hopeful punt uh, in the last fifteen minutes or so. And yeah, they came closer than they did in the in the first you know seventy five minutes of the game. But overall, they didn't deserve anything, and, and they got exactly what what they uh, what they deserved really. A plethora of changes, Liam, and some that shocked uh, quite a few. Now, um, we're going to discuss a few of these players. Uh, I've, I've named this section uh, the four for four because you did give four four of them four out of ten. Mm. I think in your in your player ratings, um, it was. I can understand to a certain extent rotation, and quite a few people did think that maybe some of these guys maybe needed a rest. However, do you think, in hindsight, Bruno got this selection wrong? 
Yes. Uh, I, I know it's ha- easy to say with the result and the way that it went, but for me, there's there's a way of there's a way of rotating and there's a way of changing changing personnel, and I'm not sure whether he he made he made. I think he might have made too many changes too soon. But look, who am I? Who am I to? Who am I to have a go? Yeah, I think it's a good way of putting it that you you know had Wolves come away with uh, a result, whether a draw or or a win, and we're all saying after the game, you know, oh, Bruno's done a great job, made five changes, and brought in fresh legs, and and you know saved some players from uh, you know fatigue, and and Wolves have got a good result. Uh, but you have to. You know, call a spade a spade. Sometimes you look at the the performance and and the, the starting eleven that went out there, and uh, I didn't think it suited the game at all. And it's something um, Bruno spoke about after the game. It's something I highlighted in the uh, in the report and and in, and in the debrief afterwards. Even something you know, speaking to Dave Edwards for his column earlier this week that he highlighted. The biggest problem for Wolves was the transition. Uh, they they were far too slow in the transition, and that came down to the personnel. That they had on the pitch, Trincao, as a, as a, regardless of what you think of him, as a style of player, he's not a quick, explosive winger that you get the ball out to him quickly. And in the transition, Wolves cause damage. Adama Troy is the great example of that uh, for you know for what he what he possesses as a, as a footballer. But what the, the players that Wolves do have that do playing all right for that 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 uh, what's that team? Uh, bar bar <laughs> bar something. He's doing yeah, all right. Yeah, really. doing all right. Doing all right. <laughs> um, the players that Wolves do have um, that are fairly good at that. Uh, the mm, Neto is probably the best at that they've got left, but of course he's you know he's working his way up. Pedence is is very good at that. Uh, Huang is okay at that. He's not. His, I don't think it's his strength, but he's he's better than Trincao at it. But they played Huang and Trincao alongside Fabio, and two players that for me are not that are not the the fast transition style forwards. And then also you mix that in with playing. Marcel ahead of uh, Eight Nori again. The style of player, it, it, the personnel didn't suit what Wolves needed. Wolves had a lot of space and a lot of time on the ball out wide, and West Ham were happy to sit into their shape and defend. But Wolves also allowed them to sit into their shape because every time they did take the ball and retrieve possession, they were too slow in the transition. They would pa- they would pass it backwards. They didn't find the wingers quick enough. When they did find the wingers, as I say, the personnel they weren't the style of wingers that were gonna bomb forward and, and create a, a two-on-two, a three-on-three, a one-on-one opportunity for Fabio or whoever else. Um, so, yeah, when it comes down to those those tactical sort of nuanced uh, nuances and, and, and look at, um, at, at just the key moments in the game and the transition in the game, it didn't. They, they weren't able to hurt West Ham, and that was the problem. And I think that comes down to, to the start of 11. Yeah. What was, what was disappointing for me is... A lot of these guys came into this team and with a point to prove. And we looked at it, and you can look at it one one or two ways. You look at the team and you go, oh, okay. I mean, if I'm West Ham United, I'm delighted to see that team, first and foremost. And But then you can look at it on the flip side and go, okay, the likes of Hoover, Trincao, Silver, what a chance for these guys to, to really, you know, show Bruno what they can do. And I just didn't get it. I just didn't get... I didn't get the urgency. I didn't get any kind of effort. I got head down. I thought I thought Hoover had a bit of a shocker, to be honest. I, I can't criticise Hoover too much because it's a difficult way to come straight in. I mean, look, he wasn't even in the squad for for Thursday night against Arsenal. And look, it remains to be seen whether we'll see him 
against Crystal Palace or, or, the, or, or what the Semedo situation is or whether they'll go back to Johnny. However, you know, he did have a bit of a stinker and it didn't help Max Kilman out at times who, who had his poorest game in a Wolves shirt for quite some time. And I think, you know, he was left overly exposed and didn't deal with it and, and didn't have a great game himself. So so that was disappointing. Um I mean, look, I put I put I put a tweet about about Trincao during the game, and um, I very rarely kind of like individually criticise players, but I've kind of had enough with this guy. Um, he's had too many chances now. I don't think his heart's in it. Um, I think that you can still do the basics and look energetic and look like you want to be there. And to me, it doesn't look like he wants to be there. He doesn't look like he wants to be on that pitch. And I think a lot of people have maybe made a call on him now. And I'm not sure how much we'll see of, of Trincao. There's no way. I mean, look, speaking to a lot of my a lot of you know, my fellow journalists and some other people at the club, I'd be, I'd be stunned if he's at the club um, going into next season, regardless of whether they can work a deal out with, with Barcelona, who I'm sure will be delighted to do that. I, I think Wolves have got have shown more resolve now. And they've shown that every million, every million, every five hundred thousand pounds makes a big difference in their transfer market. They've missed out on players because of a few million quid. They're not spending twenty-five million pound on someone who wasn't impressed. They're just not going to do it. Whether that's whether that's in a swap deal or or you know financially, you know exactly that amount in um, you know to pay to pay Barcelona, I'll be absolutely stunned. But you know, it's fine if you're struggling. I, I get that. But do the basics. What I do not want to see from this player is pulling out of 50-50 tackles mm. twice. That that The second time he pulled out of 50-50 and did not want to know, in a big game against a European contender, I was done with him. I mean, he, there was one there was one stage where he was off the pitch. He was literally mm. off the pitch. They're looking, I think it was Dendonk was looking for the ball and he's literally stood off the pitch. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Um, it, it, it was, was actually. Of, uh, it was actually. Uh, I remember at the time it was. It was Hover had the ball. Was it Hover? Was it? And yeah. he was looking for the pass yeah. down the line to get to Trincao, uh, and then he looked inside again because he realised Trincao wasn't there. And then there was no pass inside. He turned back again mm. to try and find Trincao, and yeah. Trincao was three, four yards off the pitch, just walking back on. It, it, <laughs> it, it was. It, it didn't look good. It and like I say, it's just. The, it's just the intent. It's just the intent. <laughs> There was, there was a moment, I think, I don't know whether you watched Liam, but probably one of Wolves' best attacking periods where it hits him in the stomach and he goes down. They have yeah. to stop playing. And I'm like, oh my God, one more pass and they're in. What's going on? And the Wolves had to kick it out. And he got up about, about you know 30 seconds later. Now, some people might say, you know, maybe I'm targeting a little bit of unwarranted abuse to Trinkau. Look, the guy's had enough chances now. And, and I just think that if that's someone like a Morgan Gibbs-White or someone of that ilk and, and he'd played the amount of chances, he would be run out of town. I'm not running this guy out of town, but the difference between Morgan Gibbs-White or an Adama Traore or a Francisco Trincao is that these other guys beforehand are Wolverhampton Wanderers players. You know, this guy isn't. And I think he's shown that he's not He's not a, a Wolverhampton Wanderers player by the way that he, he's, um, you know, he's been performing. Um, I, I've got a bit more sympathy for Fabio Silva. Actually, you know, looking back on things, I think he was isolated a lot of the time and it was a, it was a fruitless task. It really was at that, at that stage against someone like Kurt Zuma and, uh, and that defence that kind of gobbled him up at times. He showed a couple of decent touches. The ball bounced off him a couple of times. Um, but, look, he, he, was, he was on a hiding to nothing, to be honest. And you've got this fee. And, and again, another person who will be in and out of the side or more out than in, um, who will be, I guess, always judged by, by that, that amount that, that Wolves spent on him. However, look, I, I still think he's got something. I still think he's got some talent there. But I'm, I'm struggling to see, 
you know, how Wolves are gonna get that money back from for for Fabio Silva. And but if he can can he be a number two striker? You know, I know I've gone on a little bit about Trincao and, and, and Silva, but maybe you can give your observations about both. Yeah, Trincao, I, I can't really disagree with, with much of what you said. The, the word that springs to mind for me is is soft. Um, and, and when you're playing in the Premier League, I understand this isn't the Premier League of the, the Keane Vieira era. It's, it's a slightly different Premier League these days. But you compare it to other European leagues, um, and those 50-50s are, are important. There's reasons why, and this is a very, very obscure example but there's reasons why players like Lee Catamol for example have fairly good Premier League careers because he wasn't a particularly great footballer but he flew into every single 50-50 and was committed and won the ball now I know it's a different position different type of player etc but when you see a player like Trincao and you I think you're being slightly kind to him actually with with the first 50-50 you were talking about it was more of a 70-30 I mean the, the ball was there for him to take and it was in the right in the center of the park it was actually on the transition, really, because Wolves had just defended, I think it was a set piece or something. Um, and the ball's there for him to take. Declan mm. Rice comes in, you know, he is he is there ahead of Rice. The ball is, is in front of him. And he dangles his foot and then moves out of the way and lets Rice take it and charge forward. It's um, it's just not a good look. It really isn't. And the word, as I say, that comes to, comes to mind is soft because uh, I don't think he's a Premier League footballer. Not in, in talent-wise, I just thinking style I don't think his style suits I'd love to be proven wrong because I I actually I, I don't know if you agree or not but I think I'd probably um, value his talent a bit higher than some other people I think you can see on the ball when he does get it down and he is committed and, he, and we've seen that in very small spells here and there there's a clearly a talented technically good footballer there but I just don't think he suits the Premier League and there's only so long you can Defender player to say, look, he's he's, uh, he's adapting to the league. He, you know, he needs yeah. time, and, and that time's gone now. Really, we're in March, uh, and you know, even by the new year, we were probably being kind to him if we if we were saying that he's still adapting. That's more than enough. He needs to be, you know, full blooded and committed, and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he is, to be honest. And then on silver, um, yeah. I again, I, you know. I, I think I'm probably more in line with what you agree or what you think here. But I saw a few fans giving him a little bit of stick. I, I thought, to be honest, on a bad day, he was one of Wolves' better players. I'm not mm. saying he was the best player on the pitch, but he was one of Wolves' better players, I felt, against West Ham. Um, if you take him into the context of you know a fruitless task, as you say, he was isolated, he was feeding off scraps. But he did look stronger, he looked fitter, he looked more confident. He was backing into a Zuma and a Dawson, two very big centre-backs and... For all of um, what we might think of, of Kurt Zuma, um, he had a very, very good game against Wolves. And had he not had such a good game and blocked you know, a couple of, of decent shots, and, and one particularly good one that Fabio had, had gathered a bit of space in the box and, and let fly, you know, he could have at least had a, a couple of attempts on target or maybe even have scored. Um, I think he, looked, as I say, looked stronger, looked fitter, looked more up for it, and it looks like he's sl- slowly but surely adapting. Uh, I think we've seen that with... Some of his cameos in previous games. There was the the Man United when he came off the bench, did really well, and, and was it helped in the build up to the to the goal. Um, there was another game around that time. I forget who it was against. So he did something similar. So um, I think we're getting there. Sorry with him, but you're right. The the fee and the the headlines and the storyline and the narrative around Fabio is always going to be there. And then you know you get pundits 
uh, randomly bringing his name up as like you know one of the worst Premier League signings of you know the last few years. Or you know you hear about people talking about him in that way. When I think it's a bit unfair. You know that he hasn't he hasn't had the opportunities yet. Um, go back to him being thrown into the team when Raul was out and and for what was a difficult time for him, he did fairly well. Got a handful of goals. So there's something there with him. I think it's it's perseverance. You have to remember he's 19. He, yeah, he, he needs plenty of time. And look, these... I, I, under, I understand Trinkau is only 21. I don't think he's 22 yet, either or. Um, but there, there's a big difference there. He's a player who's done well at Braga, moved to a club like Barcelona, come back out again. There's a big difference there in experience as well as a couple of years of age. So they're in they're in very different paths and, and places in their career. Well, these aren't the only guys who who, who you know who were struggling a little bit. I mean, the senior players, I thought. Well, Paul, like I said, Kilman, well, it's like senior players, I mean, Kilman's, but you kind of see him as a senior player now because of the way he's played this season. I had a poor game, unfortunately, you know, um, talk that Gareth Southgate was in the audience. I mean, it wasn't wasn't his best game, but look, that won't define him as a, as a player or anything like that. It's just, it just, it was it was a tough day for him. And and also, you know, I thought Leander Dendonka had a stinker as well. Um, but, you know, it's difficult and, and it shows kind of the, how important Nelson Semedo was. You know, when Nelson Semedo goes off at Arsenal, Liam, Wolves are winning 1-0. Okay, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch because they were up against it, but they were winning 1-0. And actually having a very he was actually probably having the best game out of any Wolves player on that pitch. They concede two goals there. They get they get pretty much played off the park against West Ham. It just shows for someone who did come into criticism last season, and maybe you could label this at Trinkout, well, you know. He came under criticism on his first year, and look what he's doing this second year. The difference again is that is that Wolves have bought bought Nelson Semedo last year for thirty plus million, you know, twenty plus million. How much was he again, Semedo? Oh, you're asking me off the top of my head now. <laughs> I, don't... I think it was twenty seven, I think, or something along those lines. But a lot of money. But you know, he's a Wolverhampton Wanderers player, and he's and he's been excellent this season. He's he's he was sorely missed. You feel that like the balance. Um, from Wolves and that's why they had to be forced into a few changes didn't really help things and that Semedo was really the one that that that, that really um, didn't help Wolves out in the end Yeah, I, you know, we look back to the the post-match at Arsenal on the video we did after the game and, and I said it then I thought yeah, totally agree he was Semedo was one of Wolves' better players that day uh, until he came off you know, it wasn't a particularly great performance uh, from the team to, to compare it against but I thought he was doing well um, and yeah, he's a he is going to be a big miss, and, and you know credit to him for how he's how he's grown uh, and, and developed as a player, particularly at his at his age. You know he's not a, you know a really young player, but he's not massively massively super experienced. I mean, he's had a few decent seasons with Barcelona, but um, he's sort of in that almost turning point, uh, sliding doors moment for him. Um, and, and yeah, I think he did well. He has done very well this season, and. I think you know he's, he's cut out the defensive mistakes going forward. Looks a lot more threatening. So his overall game certainly helped. And balance is a very is a very important word that you've used there. Uh, he offered a very very good balance on that right side because you compare it to the left side and you've got Marcel who is better defensively. You've got Aitnori who's better offensively, albeit you know has actually improved defensively this season. Johnny just coming back now is probably a bit of an all rounder. On that right side, to have someone in, in Tomato who this season so far has done has done it all defensively and offensively has been very good, very solid. And he was one of the players that Bruno around October time challenged and publicly challenged to say, look, you should be fighting to get into the Portuguese uh, national team. You should be fighting for for bigger things for Wolves in your career, etc. Um, he seems to have taken that challenge on, and then to 
to lose him for the West Ham game was uh, was disappointing. We're still waiting to hear how how serious it is with his hamstring injury. Uh, the you know the the nods we're getting at the moment, and it's not particularly great. Um, but obviously, waiting to I'll refrain from saying much more until I until I can give a, a solid timeline on it. But um, I feel a little bit sorry for Keanu Hover coming in against West Ham, and Wolves really had no choice. You look back to. Totti Gomez playing and Bruno's reason for that was that he likes to have players play in their natural position. So we knew that Hover most likely was going to come in, particularly with Johnny probably not being ready to start a game yet. And he comes in, you know, he last time he played, let alone, you know, come off the bench, last time he played altogether was against Chelsea on the 19th of uh, December, I believe it was. He hadn't been on the bench for the last two games, Leicester and Arsenal, totally out of the squad. Um, he comes in cold, totally cold. Has I don't think he played at all for the under twenty threes uh, from memory, um, and it, it's it's a difficult task. It really is. You know, he's he's a young player as well uh, who has done okay here and there. You know, he did well against Chelsea in that game I just mentioned. Made a big mistake against Liverpool a couple of weeks before that, but he's done okay here and there when he's come in, and then he comes in against West Ham. And, and you're right. I mean, he had a, a really really poor afternoon, giving the ball away often positionally. Anonymous, defend, uh, offensively absent. Yeah, it's a difficult. Um, it's difficult to to give him much praise, really, other than give the context that I feel a bit sorry for him, really, because he he coming he came in cold and then had to go and do, you know, broadcast post match interviews and, and and the whole lot. It's it's difficult for a young player, but um, I do think he's still, you know, I, th- I think he's still shown quality at times in his couple of years. But it's difficult when you're playing second fiddle to a player like Nelson Semedo who. Is getting chosen ahead of you for the FA Cup, for example, as well. Um, his opportunities really have come in the Carabao in those couple of games, and then off the bench for for the most part. So it's difficult to to come into a game like West Ham and uh, and be on it from the start. Yeah, just uh, one before we before we go into the next little segment. Um, while we've been on uh, the FA Youth Cup, by the way, did incredible in the quarterfinals. Um, and the through to the semi-finals, uh, the Wolves kids um, against Man United at Old Trafford. Wednesday the 9th, next Wednesday, 7 o'clock tickets to be confirmed. So if anyone's free on Wednesday night, uh, once the tickets, I'm sure, Kino, you'll be tweeting out uh, some details later on today and this afternoon, as and when they come out. That will be a, that'll be a cracking game to go and support. Um, a team who are who who going from strength to strength and have already beaten United, by the way, this season in the league. So, um, and incredibly, the final is at Molyneux this year, uh, the FA, Cup, FA Youth Cup final. So... Going to Old Trafford and potentially coming home and, and playing on home soil would be unbelievable. Uh, so, Kino, uh, next Wednesday, are you, are you up for a trip to, uh, to Old Trafford? I am up for a trip, mate. Let's get down yes, there. Yes, I've just put it in the calendar, so we shall be there supporting the boys. Uh, we're going to try and get to some more of the Wolves women's games as well this season, trying to get trying to get all over the place, as much as we possibly can, can't we, while keeping the missuses happy. Um, <laughs> Finding that work, work life balance a little bit, but yes, we certainly are. Absolutely. There you go. Man United on the Wednesday and then Wolves Watford on the Thursday, mate. It's all happening. Um, right. I want to go to a little bit about the table. Let's talk a little bit about the table, Liam. Let's talk about where Wolves can finish. Now, we said it was a big week and you know they came up short, unfortunately. They're going back to their, their regular position of eighth. They, they got a little bit a little bit of stage fright in seventh, let's be honest. Um, and, but they're more relaxed now in eighth. That's that's where they like to be. However, Kino, eighth is not going to give you European football next season. Seventh, probably, and above will be. Um, I'm kind of writing Arsenal off as in they're not going to be able to be to be 
to be uh, overtaken. 24, so they've got two games in hand and already five points ahead of Wolves. So I'm looking at, if you're Wolves, you're looking at Spurs for me. You're looking at West Ham and you're looking at Man United. Now, West Ham uh, played a game more and are five points ahead. So if Wolves win their game in hand, they go two points behind. You know, Spurs, two points uh, ahead of Wolves. Okay, but they've, they've still got a game in hand. So those are the kind of teams I feel that you need to be you need to be targeting, and they've got the run of games to do it. But let's yeah. let's move let's move Europe to one side and look on the the bigger picture. And they say, "Oh, I'm speaking to fans afterwards. I'm speaking to them. And, you know, fans have been great with me, giving me some fantastic interviews recently outside of the stadium, especially away from home. Honestly, like everybody who came up to me at West Ham after a shocking game is still incredibly friendly and really appreciative um, of the coverage that we do. So thank you very much. But they say, you know, a few, quite a few of them are saying, look, I'm not sure whether we need European football or not. I'm not sure whether it's the right time. As long as we can finish well and have a good productive season, go again next year. And I get that. And to a certain extent, I kind of agree with it. However, how much is European football um, going to dictate, Liam, certain players staying at the end of this season? Like, we can talk about it saying European football will be great, but can you also look at the angle of, Wolves will need European football if they are to keep A, B and C. And then it becomes almost, um, a, well, it becomes incredibly important for them to get that. Yeah, I, I can understand the argument of, um, you know, maybe not needing it and, and growing and building the, the squad. But yeah, Because they haven't can't... had a pre-season, you know, with the pandemic the last couple of seasons, you know, they haven't had a real... You know, a real build-up. They've had games here, there and everywhere. So they haven't had a, that proper... As a lot of other clubs haven't had as well. You know, it's not just Wolves. Mm. So I can understand that full pre-season with Bruno, with the players, with no massive... You know, there's no Euro Championships on the back of it. There's no World Cup until until December. So it's a proper, full, relax. Go and take your programmes away, guys. Have six weeks off. Enjoy it. Come back. We're going to go on a tour or we're going to play. You know, we're going to get back at Compton. We're going to be ready for this season. We've got some money. We're going to spend some players. But you've got to keep on to the, keep hold of your best players. It's all right spending money on getting four or five in. You've got to keep on and keep hold of your Ruben Neveses. That's the most important thing. And could that be the only reason they could keep them potentially is if they could offer European football. So does this become, does these last... 12 games become absolutely essential for Wolves to finish in this top seven. I don't think it's quite as cut as, uh, as, as cut and dry, really, as it, it's essential, it's necessary, they're, they're not going to keep hold of A, B and C if they don't get it. But I think it certainly helps. I think, put it that way. You look at a player like Ruben Neves, and he's the one that springs to mind, for me, for most fans, I think, as the player who is always going to gather a bit of interest, uh, potentially could move on to a bigger club, let's say bigger in, you know you know what I mean, top six club. Mm-hmm. Um, he, of course, he, he'll have two years left on his deal come the summer. So it feels like, you know, the, the narrative's certainly running in that direction with, with him. But then, you know, there's other things that, that negate it. You know, he's he's had a very good season. He's getting on very well with, with Bruno Large and the squad. He, he's very close-knit with the squad and, and loves... Wolverhampton and Wolves in the city. Uh, now that doesn't mean that that will be enough to keep him, but it certainly helps in Wolves' favour. Um, so I don't think it's you know it's crucial that they have to get European football to keep him. I think there's some argument as well that even if Wolves get the the Conference League, is that even enough 
to to prize players or prize him. Um, but I think Wolves are always going to be in a fairly strong negotiation position with him, uh, simply because of the relationship they've got. Um, and Wolves, if you look at, I know you said park you up to the side, but I think you ha- I have to mention it. Wolves are still in a very strong position, uh, and for my money, I think you still you still go for it as best you can this year. They've only got one competition, the Premier League, to play in. There's a lot of games to play still, 12 games left. I think you go for it. Um, you look at Spurs, they lost last night to uh, to Borough, your Borough, in uh, in the FA Cup. And they played their first team. They're a shambles. You know, they, they win one game, they'll lose the next. They're all over the place. Arsenal, I, I do think, are a very good side, but we'll have, you know, they won't win every game between now and the end of the season. There's some arguments, and I can see that. I think Wolves overall might actually have a better a better squad than West Ham. Um, albeit, I think they had a very good season, and they're they're very well drilled under David Moyes. But there's there's potential there, so it's certainly not over. We we shouldn't be we shouldn't be saying thinking with twelve games left that Wolves' hopes are totally done. Um, well, Keno, Keno, I'm going to give you nine of like Wolves' twelve games. All you need to say is winnable or not. Okay, I know exactly nine... what's going to happen here. Come on, I'm, I'm going to give you nine of them. These are nine of so so basically. 85%, 87% of the, of, of the final 100. Just say whether they're winnable or not. Or, or, you know, more likely to win than lose. Palace at home. Winnable. Watford at home. Winnable. Everton away. <laughs> winnable. Leeds at home. Winnable. Villa at home. Definitely winnable. Newcastle away. Winnable. Burnley away. Tough, but winnable. Brighton at home. Winnable. Norwich at home. Definitely winnable. I mean, there come on, come on. And the amount like, of those that are at home as well. A huge amount at home, huge amount at home. Like, you don't have to win all those games. You could win half of them and draw the rest. But I don't think they will. I honestly think as long as they can get over, you know, if they can get back to, I feel like having, and look, we might have to, you might have to deal with Nelson, without Nelson Semedo for a few weeks. But if you can get the rest of those players playing every week, I think the time for tinkering is gone. I think you just play your best team. You know, they've got a bit of a break coming up, but I mean, the first seven of those games or yeah, six of those games, Liam, I didn't, there was, there was no break in there. Palace, Watford, Everton, Leeds, Villa, Newcastle. I mean, that's a, that's a great six games. If they can get out of the 18 points, if they can get, let's say, let's be, I'm going to be, let's say 12 or 13 out of the 18, minimum. They're going to be right back in that pack. And then it could be a race to the end. But they could do, they could really do something. And that's why I think these next two, these back-to-back games on Saturday, Thursday, Palace and Watford at home, they, they need to be looking to get maximum points from there. And I think there's no reason why they can't. And if they do, six from six, they'll be right within touching distance again. And then then we'll see what can happen. Yeah, and I think you want to put yourself in a in a good position up until those final three games of the season. Mm. Uh, one of them you just mentioned, but in order being uh, Chelsea away, Norwich at home, Liverpool away. Uh, the Norwich one, I know I just said definitely winnable, which of course it is. And they mm. might be, and by the penultimate day of the season, they might be they might be gone by then. But I think if Norwich are fighting to stay up and they're still alive by that penultimate game, which is a very big if, but if they are, that becomes a very tough game, I think. So, and obviously for obvious reasons, Chelsea and, uh, and Liverpool uh both away are tough games, so if you they get yourself, are, but they could. Have, they, I mean, look, Chelsea could be out and 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 coasting into the end of the season. Liverpool could have a Champions League final. 
or an FA Cup final still to come and and not and, and a city would have won the league yeah it looks difficult on paper but actually it might not be a decent time to play them yeah i think the champions league one is is a very good point because of course that's only the the weekend after the last day of the season isn't it so um yeah liverpool certainly could be involved in that but i think you have to assume anyway that those three are going to be yeah going to be very very tough games so if you can get yourself in a really good position up to those final three and there's something to fight for you're even in a a position to hold on to something. Um, yeah, Wolves are in a good place then. And so that's why I have to say that there's no point in, in thinking that everything's over. Now, if you think back to the Leicester game, um, and this is you know even controversial to say this in hindsight, but I did say at the, at the time that because of that win, this was our video we did after the game, because of that win, Wolves can actually afford to lose against both Arsenal and West Ham. Oh, yeah, doom and glooming um, at Kino. And, and I meant that in a positive way. I meant that I Wolves, Wolves can afford to drop these points because of the position they've got themselves in and still have something to fight for. Now, of course, I didn't think they actually would lose both. I thought they would get something out of one of them at least. Um, and maybe they should have done. And, yeah, it's disappointing that they lost those two games. It certainly is. But, again, I think I was right. You look back now and you look at... And although, yes, they were poor and, and it was disappointing, Wolves are still, look at the table, in a great position... I've got something to fight for there. You know, they've got five-point gap to ninth, which is Southampton as well. So, yeah, they've got um, they've got places to go still this season. There's, there's still play, things to fight for. They've got a fit squad, albeit obviously Samedo's injury. They've got a fit squad, ready to go. If Neto comes back in, is fit and firing, which is a big if again, then there's no reason they can't they can't have a good season, end of the season rather. Well, you've taken, you've taken the words right out of my mouth uh, from what I was going to finish off before we start answering questions, Liam, and that is... Is Pedro Neto two substitute appearances? Um, a lot of people said he should have scored against Arsenal. I don't. I don't think. I'm not sure whether people have seen the replays yet. But I mean, it did get deflected. That was on target. Uh, for me, Pedro Neto is the key, potentially the key, and the wild card to to Wolves finishing in the European positions. Because if and look, he's ahead of schedule. I don't think he was quite earmarked. For I think he was actually originally earmarked for West Ham United to start or to or to be to be available. Sorry, um, so he was ahead of schedule in coming back. Now another week under his belt, no midweek games, a full a full week at Compton, and I think Bruno said after his first game after when he came on after ten minutes he was blown like he was you know came off the pitch and he looks like a fit lad, but he got back in his dressing room and he was blown like he'd played eighty or ninety. But three weeks later, and you've got Palace. You've had a two more substitute appearances. Like I say, you've had six days or five days at Compton of Monday to Friday before Palace on Saturday. They've got a Saturday and a Thursday game. Now, I would say that if he's on the bench for Saturday, Liam, I think that we'll see Pedro Neto start on the Thursday. However, you might think differently. Could he? And remember, he's played half an hour of a game, so he's played half an hour. Does it take that much to be available for 60 could you see him maybe being available this Saturday to start a game and maybe playing 60 minutes, knowing that he was he was going to make way for a, a Huang or a, or a Trincao or, or someone like that for the last half an hour? I'm a little bit torn on this one, a bit in two minds, because... Like a bit, a bit Natalie and Brulia torn. <laughs> Good tune. I um, I look at this and I, I, I sort of automatically go into a very... Uh, yeah, sort of. I'm almost a little bit concerned and scared of throwing him into it. Um, yeah, very cautious state of mind I go into really because starting him, it, it, I just get concerned about some you know 
breaking down of injury, etc., etc. Now, the type of injury it is, it's it's a it's an awkward one, obviously being a knee, but and now touch wood, it's unlikely yeah. anything to happen to it again because it's not it's not the same type of injury as, a, as an ACL or a, which is exactly the, what I'm saying. It's a yeah. clean break. It's not muscular, which sometimes yeah, are a exactly. little bit harder to to work out and to come back. The fact that you know, that, I mean. The bones healed is ready to go means that that you know yeah you have to be cautious but more from a fitness point of view than an actual injury prevention point. Yeah no exactly yeah it, it's the fitness the, the the reason um he's back in the squad and he's back playing is because he is fit to play of course mm. he's just not match fit to, to play ninety minutes yeah. that's that's yeah. The, they're two very different things I think fans sometimes get confused um so yeah I'm a little bit torn because I I just take the slightly cautious approach that I don't want anything to to happen to sure. it again or, or have him injured. But then equally, you know, a player is only going to build up that match fitness if he starts to increase his, his minutes over mm. over time. Um, and it feels like potentially we could be entering a period where he, he may get 60 minutes. And 60 feels like a key number to me because he's played, what, 15, 20, 30. He's played a slightly increased minutes um, yeah. over the last few games and, uh, and of course, a, a small amount. Is it time for him to... And also, actually, the only way he's going to play sixty is if he starts, because you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not going to come on in the fortieth minute, so or thirtieth minute, whatever it is. So um, <laughs> that maths is top. Honestly, that mathematics degree that you've got, Kino. Honestly, incredible, incredible. Uh, I think we might have lost Kino there, but yeah, I think that that's the that's the question. I'm sure he'll be back sooner rather than later, but um, that's the big question. You know, do you throw him in at Everton away, which is going to be a, a a bloodthirsty atmosphere, so to speak, where tackles are going to be flying in, or do you play him in a game against Palace or against Watford? And I'm not saying these are easy games; the, the intensity will still have to be there, and you're still going to have to to really work hard. And 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 look, you need you need you need Pedro Neto at his very very best, but you're going to have probably more of the ball. Maybe there's a little bit less energy that you need to use because you're going to have you know you're going to have more time on it. So I feel like like he could be. The key in one of those games, if I was a betting man, and I am, as Kino comes back, I can hear him come back. If I was a betting man, I feel like I would maybe he would maybe play the second of the game, maybe start against Watford and, and come on for, for 35 minutes against Palace. But I definitely think he's he's close to being to a game where he can play the majority of minutes. Um, you know, you look at maybe, I don't think you can really start him in a half and coming off at half time. You'd want to, and I think Bruno would want him to be ready for about 55 or 60 minutes. So, so whether it's Palace or whether it's Watford, I don't think it'll be both, especially with a midweek game. But if he is available, if he has to start one of those three games, Palace, Watford and Everton, um, and I think you know was saying, you know, really, I'm not sure I want him to start Everton away being his first start. I would rather him start against a Watford or a Palace and, and maybe maybe be on the bench for, for the Everton and then back ready to play for a start against Leeds United at home on the, on the 18th of March. Yeah, I don't know what happened. A little bit of technical difficulties there. I dropped out slightly, but um, I just binned you off. Can you add enough of, of <laughs> listening to you? Uh, no, yeah, that's exactly what I was exactly what I was saying. I think like um, those two games coming up, as opposed to the Everton game, feels like a better opportunity to to throw him in. So um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You've got as Bruno I say, on Friday, haven't you? You got Bruno press. I'm sure yes, that'll be one of the do. questions that you're going to ask. And if you're not, then I'm you know I'm replacing you. <laughs> well, I've just been told, haven't I? I've been told. <laughs> I'll get a note down as it is, boss. Right now, it's. Um, I think I, I think you'll start at Watford. That's what I would say. That was my prediction. I think it might be on the bench against Palace and start against Watford. What do you reckon? Or do you think it could be I, Palace? 
I think it's I think it's more likely to be the to exactly what you said, but I I'm going to edge slightly towards it might be a, after the Everton game. Okay, I'm oh, going to hedge my bets okay. a little bit and say it'll be after that one. But if it wasn't to be, I think I think it's more likely to be uh, Watford than Palace. Yeah, I think so. Do you feel? I mean, Wolves are a better side with Pedro Neto in it. I think you know, and they're a more attacking side. And I think everybody wants to see. And Raul Jimenez was on the bench, of course, on. On Sunday, and I think he needed taking out a little bit, and I don't, th- I, I, I couldn't disagree with that too much. But look, he's going to be anyone who thinks that Raul Jimenez will be on the bench for Palace at home, he's not going to be. He's going to be straight back in the starting lineup, and, and I would have him there. And just for an opposition to see Pedro Neto, Daniel Pedence, and Raul Jimenez up top, you don't fancy it, do you? If you're seeing Juan Trincao and Fabio Silva, if you're a West Ham defender, you're thinking happy days, but. Those three back in at home, like you said, with the majority of games to come at Molyneux, they're going to win you a lot more games than they don't. I think so. I think so. Um, I think um, Huang's been a little bit off it in the last few weeks. I, I'll bring him up um, because I, I want to give him a little bit of a defence. He's been off it. He certainly has. He scored a, you know, a decent goal against Arsenal, but he's just coming back from injury. And I do think he offers a bit more than some fans, uh, some fans say. Um, and, and although... You know, we both had our criticisms of Trincao. Uh, Wolves do actually have some decent depth and decent options there. Chiquinho is looking pretty tasty for the under-23s. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have phrased it like that. Um, he's looking pretty good. Champ Campbell got a hat-trick the other day. I know these are young players and you can't rely on them, but Wolves have got some decent some decent depth in forward areas. And for me, I think the, the best front three is, mm-hmm. is Pedence Neto. Uh, Jimenez, when they're all fit and ready to go, uh, very surprised Pedence didn't play against West Ham considering he's he's been pretty good for the last few months albeit one or two games so um, there's depth there there's quality there they just need to get back on the front foot and be and be quicker in those transitions I think that's key they, they were far too slow against West Ham but there's there's potential there there's a good team yeah we're going to take some questions now quickly uh, Keenan we've got 10 minutes uh, first of all a congratulations to Luke Hundle who got a new long term deal as well at Wolves this week uh, fully deserved um, and uh, again he's going to be not not used um, was it, I don't think he was on the bench was he on the bench on Sunday maybe I'm wrong yeah he yeah, was, yeah, was yeah. on the bench on Sunday but again look he's going to be one for the future and, and, I, and I'm delighted for him and, and well deserved should we take some these are the questions here we go are you ready Keno are you ready I'm ready I'm ready okay is it time to put Trincao out to pasture with Neto and Huang back I don't see the value of playing a loner uh, when we give his minutes to Chiquinho uh, whose crossing is much stronger so that's the same the same that Chiquinho should be starting a Wolves player ahead of ahead of even Trincao now or at least coming off the bench would you agree uh, no I don't think I, I think you know he's not going to uh, his loan's not going to be cut short he's not going to drop out of the squad for a prolonged, prolonged period of time if he does miss a game or two I don't know but um, I don't think that's realistic mm-hmm. I, I think you have to stick with him for the season even if it's one or two sub appearances here and there and Chiquinho yeah. is a young player who's who's um yeah taking a bit of time and it's going to need that time as well so no I don't think it, I don't think it's ready or time really to to replace Trincao with him but I'd be surprised if um if Trincao stays beyond the season Chris Walters am I in the minority with my view on Silva seems to be a lot of support on here for him and I hope he's I'm proven wrong but I can't really see what he offers us he had a decent second half against West Ham but I'm yet to be convinced yeah, I think yet to be convinced is probably fair because um, he, he still needs to do more and he still needs to learn and grow and build as, himself as a as a player and as a as a man. But um, I think he he showed more than some people think really against West Ham because he was feeding off scraps, as I say, up against a, a tough physical defence. And I thought he won, you know, a fair sh- uh, fair share of battles and and, and forced 
a few moments that um, that he had to create in his own, really. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think uh, I think he did okay considering what he was up against. There's a lot of talk of, of Trincao on here, guys, and, and I think hopefully we've covered it over the last uh, 10, 15 minutes anyway. Um, Matt says, how did you keep a straight face watching Albion last night? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, everyone had a bad Sunday, but I hope I hope I hope I brought some uh, some some joy and, and, and hilarity on Monday by uh, covering my first Albion game of the season. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm impartial, of course, at all times. So uh, when 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 my feed is um, is is invaded by Wolves fans commenting on a one nil Swansea, two nil Swansea, Steve Bruce saying um, it a long shot for for um, for promotion this season after joining them at the start of this month when they were fifth and they're now thirteenth. I take no. Um, no satisfaction in that whatsoever. I mean, I'm not, imp- I'm not impartial at all when it comes to, to Albion. I think it's Go absolutely on, hilarious. Oh, um, goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> they, they are in free fall. Aren't oh, it's they? unbelievable. You love to see it. It's unbelievable. League One, I can't here they come. It. Can't believe it. Um, Howling Wolf, Zaha versus Hoover discussed. Long term, should Hoover go out on loan? Will Johnny ever get back to previous levels? So let's discuss a little bit. Who would you play? Would you play? Let's let's say that, that Nelson Tomato is out against Crystal Palace, which I'm almost certain that he will be. Um, would you play Hoover? Like you say, he's he's Bruno's obviously very happy with with playing players in their position, square pegs in square holes. So, but we did see Johnny come on for Nelson Tomato because Hoover wasn't in the squad for Thursday. Who starts? Saying if we're thinking Nelson Tomato is not available, would it be Hoover or will it be Johnny? It's or a another to, or another. It's similar to the the Neto situation. If you're going to play Johnny, you probably have to expect he's coming off after an hour, maybe sixty five, seventy. So, so I play two subs already taken. But could that come into his his thinking? If he is going to play Johnny, can he not play Neto as well? Because those are two. Two out of your three subs, really? Well, it, it, you have to factor it in, definitely, because I think it's almost impossible the two of them are going to get through 90 minutes. And in some way, you're responsible, really, because you can't expect them, uh, particularly with Johnny's injury. to you, you don't want to push them beyond the boundaries of what they can do at this point. So um, I think Hoover plays against Crystal Palace if Samedo's not available. And, and I hope it's an improvement on what we saw uh, against West Ham. You know, He's dipped his toe back in the water again against West Ham. I know he had a tough 90 minutes, but he's back playing again. Maybe that'll give him some renewed uh, fitness levels for, for West Ham and uh, and he'll be back at it. Do, do I think he needs a loan? Uh, I don't think so, no. Um, I, I personally thought really that he probably should have come in and played a few more games earlier in the season than, than he did. I mentioned the FA Cup games, for example. I value the FA Cup highly, as I always say. But I feel like it is an opportunity to play a likes of a Hovey. I don't want him to make 11 changes, but I think you need to bring one or two players in like that. And to, I think he missed the Sheffield United game because of COVID. He would have played that day because he was on the uh, the cover of the programme. But then he was benched uh, for the uh, for the Norwich FA Cup game and Semedo played. So I'd have I'd have given him more opportunities to be honest. I don't think it's he needs a loan. I think he just needs a bit more time really and some more minutes, more regular minutes. Uh, Gail says, hi Nathan and Liam, do you think the whole Ukraine situation affected Max Kilman's performance of the day? He's been classed so far this season, just as I predicted since he played very early on in the Europa League, uh, he just didn't see himself. Yeah, it's a very good point. It was one I was I was going to bring up and, and, until I saw the, the question, so I thought I'd better hang fire and wait for that. It's um, I think you, you cannot underestimate that he's going to have some sort of impact. Of course it is. He's got family over there. He's got family ties to the country, of course, through, through his mother. So um, it would be, you know, he's only human. It'd be impossible to to think that it's not going to have had some sort of impact. Um, 
as a footballer, he will probably say if you speak to him. It's I mean, I'm you know really uh, speculating here, but he'll probably say as a footballer, you know, I'm I'm a professional. I I'll go out and do my job and and try and concentrate on that. But I think as a human, you have to expect that it's gonna it's gonna have some sort of impact. So yeah, he he didn't look himself. He certainly didn't. And, and of course, players always have off games. Even the best players in the world have off games. Uh, I think he's he's earned the right to have an off game for how good he's been this season. And, and hopefully, the situation over there in Ukraine improves uh, not just for for Max and for Wolves and for football, but for for obvious humanitarian reasons as well. It's um yeah, it's it's a difficult situation. Well said, Liam. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, is it just me? Or are we on our way to becoming a Southampton? If we fail to get Europe, I could see our squad being picked apart this summer. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Of course, Southampton very well known for having their players poached by uh, by Liverpool over the years, aren't they? So, um, it's I can understand the concern around that. Certainly, it's um, but I think it's a little bit easy to put two and two together and, and come out with that answer. Really, um, I think Wolves are in a better financial football position than, than Southampton. They're a big, far bigger club than Southampton. Um, I, I don't see any any concerns with Wolves becoming that. But it has to... That that only is in context of of Wolves going forward and um, and building off what they do this season. Wherever they finish, I think the summer is a, is a fairly big one. They have, to, they have to do a bit of business. Yeah, they do. Um it's a, yeah, it's 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 massive coming up, uh, and we'll discuss next week. I was gonna I was gonna go on to the fact of, of could not strengthening in January kind of kind of end up being the, the pain in the bum that um, that really finishes them off this season potentially. You know, um, qualifying for European football, but I think that's probably one for another day, isn't it? Uh, the January we'll, transfer window. We'll be here for another hour. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here for another hour. Maybe that's one to remind me for, to, to discuss that next week. I've just got all these all these all these. Thoughts going on in my head. Um, right, Palace, Saturday, Kino. Um, look, Palace, no mugs. I think they're, they're, they're decent under Vieira. And if you catch them on a... I think they can blow hot and cold, absolutely. As can Wolves, by the way. But um, Wilfred Zaha... Uh, well, they got the, they got through, basically. They played last night, didn't they, in the FA Cups. So they played they an extra game. Um, but Zaha's back from the, the AFCON, of course. He is, everyone else is now. But starting to fire on all cylinders. And is will be the, a thorn in, in the side. And I think it's one of those where Wolves need to get under his skin. Because, you know, someone who's playing furious sometimes, um, you probably don't get the best out of him. So, uh, they've got some really good players from front to back. Saying that, Wolves should... If they play like they can do, win this game, Liam. Yeah, definitely. Um, Zaha is an interesting one because he's a very, he's a very good player. Um, he's he's a, an annoying player almost because of some of the antics on the on the pitch. I think if he's your player for your team, you love him. But otherwise, he he can be a bit of a wind up. Um, but equally, you know that you can get under him and get under his skin. Uh, he's done it countless times throughout his career. Um, and you can almost force him into an off day, really, uh, by being a bit rough with him. To be honest, I, I don't mind that. I think you have to be sometimes as a um, as a football team, as a football player. Wolves have been guilty of sometimes not being that. Uh, I think they've got better at it, certainly. Um, and and I think that's that's the way I'd go about it. I think uh, get into him early. Uh, it's, it's it's a cliche, and it's 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 a bit almost you know knucklehead esque to to just to suggest it. But I think you just get into him early, win the first ball, maybe go through the back of him. I don't, I don't want to injure anyone, of course, but I, that's just the way I would play football and the way I would describe it. It's just get in there and get get stuck in. And with a player like him, if you do that, of course he can hurt you, but I think he, he's more likely to go off the rails. 
um, and you don't want him to start controlling the game because, as you say, he's a very he's a very talented player. Um, looking at Palace, they're an interesting opposition because going back to the the home game and the loss there, they were certainly the better team. Wolves were off that day and they deserved their win. Um, but Wolves, I think, tactically got it wrong that day. They really struggled with Palace's press, trying to play out from the back, something they struggled with against Arsenal as well the other day, Wolves, and have done against against your locks of Brentford in you know the first game earlier in the season. There's been games throughout the campaign where you look at um, the other team's high pressing and it's really stopped Wolves from playing and getting the ball down, making too many mistakes, giving the ball away too easily. If Palace do that, they are more than capable of causing Wolves problems. But again, they blow blow very hot and cold. Looking at their how they line up, they normally go 4-3-3. Um, and uh, it's it's a it's certainly a a team that can be got at. You know they've got a lot of youth at the back. Um, I know Gay is a good player, Mitchell's a good player, Anderson, but they they do have um, some inexperience in there mixed in with with a couple of older heads. Um, it's they've got a decent blend, but they they can be got at. I think, and and they've shown that in some of their other their other games. So it's a it's a game really where Wolves have to particularly at home, be on the front foot. They have to get the ball down and they have to find those spaces out wide. I, I'd be, uh, I, I think Wolves will go 3-4-3. Three, three. I know Palace play three in midfield, but I think Wolves will be keen to be on the front foot, get the ball out wide and in the transition be quick and, and explosive and aggressive. Uh, oh, so come I on, Keno. Come on, then. Let's give us, give us, give us the, uh, give us Liam Keane's starting lineup. What you think will be on on Saturday? Because this is could be an interesting one. Yeah, I think it'll be Saar, Kilman, Cody, size as expected. Uh, I think Hover will play. Neves, Moutinho, oh, Eight Nori. Hover will get another chance. Yeah. Yeah, Neves, Moutinho, Eight Nori, left wing back. Um, and I think we see Pedence, Huang, and Raúl. Okay. To start, I think that's okay. what we see. Um, and it's uh, now there is an argument to say they might play a third midfielder. Palace play three midfielder. I can understand that, but sometimes it's not as black and white as playing, you know, matching them up like for like and playing three and three in midfield. I think um, I think Wolves at home will want the ball and will want to find the spaces out wide, and that's mm-hmm. where I think they can hurt uh, hurt Palace. So um, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's it's it feels like a, a bigger game than we probably expected it to be, simply because we need a bit of reaction, don't we, from from the last couple of results and performances. Yeah, really do, mate. So before we go, the all important competition prize. Give me a prediction, please. Kino. It's tough. Um, I'm going to go Wolves two, Palace one. Wolves two, Palace one. I, th- I agree. I agree. Wolves two, Palace one. I think that's what we're we're agreed. Um, For once. Retweet our tweet and you will be entered into the competition. Someone's won the competition three times, by the way, this season. So, uh, you know, you never know. You might be chosen at random. I'll t- if I'll we remember, what, mate, if we remember well. to run the competition five minutes before, and I'm like, crap, yeah, got to get, get it on. Let's get a winner. There's a fair few people, I think, are forgetting to actually uh, forgetting to retweet. That's the only way you get to enter. Make sure you retweet Judah's tweet. That will be out. It'll be out today. Is that right? Mm. Or yeah. yours when you can remember to put a, put a tweet out, Keno. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I always do it. The day or a couple of days before the game. Don't even don't. I do it every week without fail. Bar the one week the other week that I forgot. Um, so don't so don't worry about that. Yeah, retweet retweet one of them and and you'll be uh, you'll be entered. And I think we'll be um, we'll be podcasting. Let's have a look. Um, well, Wednesday at Old Trafford. Thursday the game's probably Friday. Kino be ahead of, ahead of Sunday. Probably after the after the Watford game. Maybe maybe even maybe even Kino a Thursday night late love at Molyneux. 
late love at Molyneux. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. Talking my um, language. Hopefully. Let's let's see let's see how the results go first, shall we? But hopefully six points from six. Have a good weekend from everybody, from me, from Keynow. Fingers crossed, three points. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you, Balloon. Bye-bye.